Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And we're going to end up this segment that we've been talking about here over the last week today. As we looked at Paul's letter to Timothy originally, the verse where he says that people will have a form of godliness, but understand not the power thereof. And then we went on from there to look at Galatians chapter 3 where he talks about, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? After beginning with the Spirit, why do you want to go back to the law? And we ended up on verse 5 where he says, Does God give you his Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And we're going to look at that and kind of finish this up today, wrap this up. One of the reasons why I think that we don't see a lot of miracles in the church is because we are trying to observe the law. The, the clear implication that he gives us there in that verse 5 in Galatians chapter 3, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? The clear implication there is that God has given his spirit and that miracles are at work in their midst. And so the question, he says, is are those things happening because you observe the law or because you believed what you heard? We've talked before about the fact that every once in a while you run into somebody and they'll say, well, God doesn't do miracles anymore. That that was for the past, that he doesn't do those things. And the only way that you could say that is if you have never seen a miracle occur in your church body or you have never seen a miracle occur in your life. And now the question begs, if... In the day that Paul wrote this to the Galatians, miracles were happening, happening on a pretty regular basis, so much so that he could just take that as a given and ask them why it was happening. If it's not happening today, we have to ask ourselves the reverse question, why isn't it happening? He sees it happening in their midst. He knows they see it's happening in their midst. His question to them is, why is it happening? My question today, I guess, would be to people who say that miracles no longer happen is, why aren't they happening like they did then? And the answer, to me at least, is because we're trying too hard to observe the law rather than believing what we heard. We, we as we said, I think, last week, earlier in the week, we just try to be good. As Christians today, we think it's about looking right, acting right, being nice, being good, being a good person, trying to get along with everybody. So we have a form, as Paul writes to Timothy, we have a form of godliness, but we don't have is the power that comes with it. Amen. And I'm just, as you was just speaking, so much stuff was just going off in me. I was just thinking about, you know what, he was speaking to the church of Galatians, the Galatians. And most of them was Jewish. They were Jews. And remember, Jewish people were, and the religious leaders, they were sticklers for the law. 
So grace came. Jesus brought that grace. And again, I was thinking, again, as you was reading that, and I was reading it, us Gentiles, because if you wasn't a Jew, you're a Gentile. So we didn't have the law. And again, we didn't, we were void of the law. And, and I'm going to go so far to say, even with all, all of that, it still boils down to what we talked about the other day, choosing to believe, choosing to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and choosing to believe that he was the chosen one and, and choosing to believe that God will, will, will do mighty things in your life. And, and I was, as you were speaking, I was just reminded of Jesus in his own hometown. The scripture says he could do no mighty works among them except heal a few sick people. And then the next verse says why? Because of their unbelief. So whether I believe whether you're a Jew, and we were talking about that before the broadcast, how there's some Orthodox Jews, they still don't believe. And, and again, that's what he said. He who works miracles among you, does he do it by the hearing of faith or by the law? Well, we understand faith comes by hearing. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God is a faith God. He ain't a law God. He's a faith God first. <laughs> And remember, we know why the law came in. The law came in to introduce us to right and wrong. Right. It's, so, it's uh, to be a schoolmaster. Right, right, so right. see so, our need for a savior. So, so still, God is a faith God, and he wants us to believe. That's why he goes in that same scripture. He says, right after that, verse 5, Galatians 3, 5, look in verse 6. Then he goes to say, just as Abraham believed God or had faith in God or trusted God, it was accounted to him for, right, for righteousness. So God's a faith God. He just wants... He wants Jewish Jews to believe. He wants Gentiles to believe. And that's when the power of God can start working in anybody's life. That's when you are a prime candidate for a miracle just by opening up and choosing to believe. We talked about that the other day. Belief is a choice. Again, we choose to believe by his stripes we're healed. We choose to believe Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. We choose to believe we're the righteousness in God by Christ Jesus, that we're old, old things are past, all things become new. All of this truth, and this, God's word is the truth, you have to believe it. And again, when you believe it, you receive it. And that's still a choice. And again, Paul was telling these Jewish people over in Galatians, okay, I want you to continue in this first choice. <laughs> right. Continue to believe he's doing it by faith and not by the law. And again, I didn't grow up knowing nothing about any laws because I was, wasn't raised in a Jewish household. I was raised in a Gentile household. And I believe you were too, huh, Pastor? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't get all these, and then we know. See, and, and we think of the law as the Ten Commandments. When they right. think of the law, they think of all the written right. laws. It's a whole lot more than the Ten Commandments. And, and again, we got to realize, too, these same Jewish people and some of the early apostles, they was trying to get the Gentiles to observe all this law, too. Well, see, and Paul had to correct them on that. Well, you know, we, and this is, I think, the point of this whole um, series that we're doing here, is it would be nice to think that after Paul wrote this to the Galatians, that they said, okay, now we're going to live by the Spirit. And everybody ever since said the same thing. This letter could be written to churches in America oh, yes. every, right now, yeah, just it, as surely as it was written but, to but the church in Galatians. But they're not particularly observing all those Jewish messianic laws, but they just but set up we their own stuff. Well, we, and then we go back to the Ten Commandments. You know, we talked about this just a couple of days ago, how easy it is 
to, to come to the place where we realize we can't save ourselves, we can't do enough good things, so we know we have to be saved by grace through faith, but that once we've done that, how easy it is now to think, okay, now what do I have to do? What rules do I have to follow? How do I be holy like God is holy? And so now all of a sudden the rules come back. That's what happened to them. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? After having started with the Spirit, why do you want to go back to the rules? This happens in churches in America every single day where right. people started right, but now all of a sudden, well, now I got to solve, follow the Ten Commandments. Now I have to do this. Now I have to do that rather than staying with the Spirit. And, and again, staying with the Spirit, I'm going to say it equates to staying with the Word of God. And the Word of God tells you and reveals to you that there is therefore for now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So see, that's what condemnation do. Condemnation gives you a, a sense of inferiority. Condemnation promotes guilt and shame. So now you got to go back, well I, well, I did this, I kept this law, I did this, and, and not understanding it's by grace you are saved through faith and, and not of your own. It's a gift. You got to keep receiving the gift. And to realize then that I can't condemn others. Right. Because, you know, the church in America is one of the most condemning organizations mm. and, that there and is. Again, as we and speak that's it, sad to say. Yeah, we are. But, but again, we have to grow up and, and realize I, I have to always bring this example up with Jesus, with the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. She broke major law, which was punishable by capital punishment, stoning her in the town square. What did Jesus, the, the author of love, do in that situation? And we know what the law said. The law said, let's get her. Jesus said, no, let's forgive her. So now that's it. Remember, we read the other day that we should follow his footsteps. And that same spirit that's in him is in us. It's in us. So we can forgive. And we have to be constantly mindful of that i was speaking to a sister in christ yesterday i met with her and i tell her you have to continue to feed on the word of god every day because if you don't the devil will come in and he'll try to sow some seeds and, and the scripture said god sees in first peter are incorruptible seed can't corrupt this word it's incorruptible but the devil knows the parable of the sower sword the word too he wants to sow some guilt some condemnation he wants to make you believe oh you got to do this to keep your salvation Right. No, they, all I got to do is the problem with the Galatian church. They thought they had to keep the law we to keep their to salvation. No, 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 no. You just got to keep believing and keep receiving by grace because it's by grace through faith are you saved. And, and that's faith in Jesus. Remember when he said it was finished on Calvary, it was finished. All your past, present and future missing the mark sins was finished. And, and now you can come boldly to the throne of grace and still ask for forgiveness. And the scripture says he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all righteousness. See, so we got that coming. And we have to continue in the spirit because, see, if we want to go back to the law, what does the law do? It condemns. So even as a believer, if we want to go back to the law, now we start to condemn other people because they're not following the law, at least as we see fit. This is why he talks about don't try to pull that speck out of your brother's eye when you got a whole beam in your own. We tend to want to condemn our brother if we're if we're. When we go back to the law, when we just think about the Ten Commandments, and we and that's how we look at everything, we're going to want to condemn people. But when we're in the Spirit, that's when we want to forgive people. That's when we want to show grace and we want to show mercy. This is why we have to continue in the Spirit, because if we go back to the law, well, our old sinful nature and that old law will tell us, well, you need to condemn people. Mm -hmm. But he says, no, continue in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, and it's in the Spirit 
I think it was a couple days ago we talked about people and they'll say, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. They're well, not walking you in know, the spirit. You got, you got to kind of wonder if they ever forgave. If you're well, if you're remembering that, well, so you hope, can throw Richard, it up later. I hope, I hope the Heavenly Father don't say that about my oh, missing man. the mark. <laughs> you know? I'm going to forgive you, Vince, but I ain't going to forget. I'm, I'm going to hold that one against does. you, you know? Yeah, and so someday when you stand before me, I'm going to whip that one out. No, he takes them as far as the east is from the west. The only way that you and I can do that is through the power of the Spirit. Because in our own human nature, in our own sinful nature, we will never do that. We will want to forgive and not forget. It's only in the power of the Spirit that we're able to forgive and to forget. Well, that's why the Scripture says, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is that old sin nature, an unrenewed mind. Walking in the Spirit is walking in that newness of life. And the Scripture says in Romans 5, that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts and our spirits by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. So now we actually can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. We can not have condemnation. We can forgive others. And I was just thinking as you were speaking, Pastor, uh, a lot of Gentiles do this. They try to clean themselves up before they receive the gift. I hear people say it all the time, and we talk about it on this broadcast. People say, well, when I get myself together or clean myself up, <laughs> then I'll start coming yeah, to church. As soon as I quit drinking. I'll yeah, yeah as soon church. as I quit drinking. And, and no, and, and, and this scripture here bears witness to that. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10, and, and I'm going to take the word Israel out and just put people. He's 10 one says, brother, in my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel or people is that they may be saved. That's my heart's desire, too, and that's the Father's heart's desire. But look what the next verse said, verse 2. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So you got a lot of people out here, they're going around establishing their own righteousness. Right. And they ain't submitted, meaning come under the authority of God's righteousness. So now... In their mind, they got to clean themselves up first before they can come to a church service. Or even as Christians have their own righteousness. Right, right. They, they go ahead and build up this whole little illusion of how I'm a supposed to be as a look, Christian. Right. How they would act. Right. So they, if you come into our body and you don't look and act like that, well, then we can't have right, you. Right, 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 right. I, I, there was a story, too, and, and it's, it's sad that some churches are like this. I met with a brother in Christ, and he, and he said it was a local church here in Chico that did this. He came riding up on his Harley. And, uh, well, you can't have people on a motorcycle. Right, but but somebody met him at the door and said, you can't come in here. So, you know, I don't know what type of law they were keeping, but they told him that you're not welcome here. And he said he got back on his bike and left. And he's a Christian. Man, I'd have, Love to, kick, the Lord. I'd have to kick our board chairman out of the church. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. rides a well, you know, but we got people, again, establishing their own righteousness. They say, okay, well, you can't be a Christian if you ride a Harley. And, again, we have to realize what we just read in Romans 10.1. Heart, God's heart and desires that all men be saved. So if I come up in on a Harley or a bicycle or a scooter or whatever and pushing a basket, you don't tell me I can't come in because I don't look like what you wanted me to look like. You know, God works with the inside first, and he desires all men to be saved. And you know, we have to stop trying to establish our own righteousness and submit to God's righteousness. Well, I, you know, I talk to Christians, you probably have to, about the whole idea of you see a homeless person and you just know they can't be a believer. 
Right. They don't they don't look like a believer should. They don't act like a believer should. And you just know they're not a believer. You don't know that. You can't you don't have any. I met a lot of homeless are. people who whose Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. Now, with that said, their mind may not be renewed to uh, all their kingdom rights and privileges as a child of God. And they allowed the enemy. And again, we got some of those in those churches like the Galatians. They allowed the enemy to come in there and, and, and get them back down to watching over the law. Satan likes to influence your mind to do his will. And if he can influence you to stay in bondage, he'll do that, too. But we understand whom the son is set free is, is free indeed. Right. And, and that's you, what Paul was trying to tell the Galatians. You're free now. Right. Why do you want to go back to that law? Right. Why do you want to You're go back free. to those rules? Those, that law could not help you then, and it cannot help you now. Why do you want to go back to it? Earlier in the broadcast, you mentioned the lust of the flesh. Now, a lot of Christians hear the word lust of the flesh, and they think of sexual lust. And then they think to themselves, well, I'm in the clear because I don't have any sexual lust. The lusts of the flesh are anger. The lusts of the flesh are greed. Mm-hmm. The lust of the flesh are avarice. The lust of the flesh are lying. That's the lust of the flesh that he's talking about there. It isn't just sexual lust. When If you think that lust of the flesh just is sexual lust, lust of the flesh goes back to vengeance. It goes back to revenge. It goes back to greed. It goes back to all those things. And so we're to give those things up. It, it's so easy for Christians to puff themselves up. Well, I don't have no lust of the flesh. I don't have no sexual lust. I don't watch that porn on the internet. I don't watch that porn on TV. I don't do any of that, so I must be in the clear. No, lust of the flesh goes way beyond any sexual lust that a person might be talking about. And he said it, too, back to 2 Timothy 5, the scripture we kicked off with, having a form of godliness but denying the power from such people turn away. Now, he just described these people in chapter 3, verse 1. He says, but know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. And now here's the lust of the flesh right here. For men will be lovers of themselves. Oh, that's lust of the flesh. Look. Yeah, but we don't have any of that today. Lovers of money. We don't have any of that today either. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous. We talked about that the other day. They, they, we'll, we'll just slander anybody from the president to, to our parents. Look, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's the lust. That's walking in the flesh right there. That's what he meant. Well, then I mean, he goes to say, is there a, form a better of God. description of the world today than that one? Well, that's what he means. Lust <laughs> of the flesh. You're going to be taken off by that. This includes that. And again, then he goes to say, having this form of godliness. That's what he meant. These type of people. They Christians, but they got all these other attributes as well. But they have See, a form. They got a form. Right. They look right. But in the they inside, right. they're remember, nice. They might said, even be nice. Well, Jesus put it like this. He says, on the outside, they're, they're sheep. But in the inside, they're ravenous wolves. That's what this describes, a ravenous wolf. You look like a sheep, but in the inside, remember, you're, you're a wolf in sheep's clothing, basically. <laughs> So we have to make sure we deal with the spirit of the man, the inside. And the only way we're going to root out that old stuff, all of this stuff here, is plant the new seed from the kingdom of the God. And once again, we want to go back and we want to say, as we often do, we are not trying to beat people up. We're not trying to make you go home and feel bad. What we want people to do is to hear the word of God and to ask God to look into my heart. 
Look into my heart. Not look into my neighbor's heart. Not look into my wife's heart or my friend's heart. Ask God to look into your heart, my heart, and what changes do I need to make? Where, where do I need to let go? What less of the flesh do I need to let go of and, and to begin to live by the Spirit in that part of my life? Because it is easy to hold on to some sin. There's some sin that we like. You will get rid of that one, but boy, that one I kind of like. You know, gossip is kind of fun. So I, I don't really want to get rid of all the gossip. I want to get rid of most of it, but, you know, there's some of it I, that's kind of interesting, you know, because especially when it comes to my in-laws, especially when it comes to my outlaws, you know, we, we got to be able to gossip a little bit. And so we want to hold on to something. We got to let it all go. We got to ask God to look into our heart and say, what do I need to get rid of in my life? Yeah, I make that. That's part of my prayer. You know, Lord, search my heart and reveal to me those areas I have not yet submitted to you. And then I continue to thank him. I don't go get condemned if I miss the mark. I thank him for completing that good work which he started in me. And he who began a good work will complete it. And I thank him for keeping that, my spirit, myself, which I've committed to him. And then I thank him for perfecting those things that concern me. And then I thank him that he's the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the beginning. So I, I, I never let allow condemnation to come in. I, I just stay in faith. I keep thanking God. Remember what Paul said. Paul said, talked about his thorn. Paul had an issue too. He had a thorn. He didn't mention to us what it was, but the Lord's reply was, my grace is sufficient. So you have to always know that, yes, we're a work in progress. And I like to read this last scripture kind of in Timothy the latter part of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And this is the good news. All scripture, I mean, all of God's word is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction. See, so you ought to be able to make some correction in your life for instruction in righteousness. Remember what Paul talked about in Romans about righteousness? He said, God's word is going to give you some instruction in righteousness. And I like verse 17 that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's my desire. I want to be complete. Complete means I ain't incomplete. And I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work is me fulfilling the, the plan and purpose and destiny that God has for my life. He wants us to be equipped. It says that in Ephesians for the fivefold ministry, our job is to help equip the saints for the work of ministry. God wants us to be complete. So he's going to give you his word. And our job is that to believe and to receive it and don't get offended by it because you get offended by it. It, it ain't going to work for you because you're going to reject it. Remember a lot of people rejected Jesus who was the living word of God. And now he couldn't do no miracles among them. You got to go ahead and receive. Okay. If that's your word, God, remember it says his word is a two is living in powers like a two edged sword. It's going to cut you, but your job is like a surgeon. You go into surgery, they prep you, but they're going to cut you. And your job is to lay there until they sew you up <laughs> and then put you in what's called recovery. So we have to receive with meekness, the scripture says, the engrafted word. It's going to cut you, the engrafted way that is able to save your soul. So go ahead and receive it. And you can receive it because you're born again. Again, our desire on this broadcast to ignite your faith on fire. You are born again. You have a new nature. Right. You can do all things through Christ. You can receive correction without getting offended. Again, back, it's a choice. Go ahead and choose. I said before you this day, blessings and cursing, life and death, choose life. Well, see, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, 
he goes on to say, clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith is not a New Testament idea. It is an Old Testament idea. It is a New Testament idea. It was the God's idea from the beginning to the end. The righteous will live by faith. We won't live by the law. We'll live by faith. And I think to wrap this whole up, because we're coming close to the end of the show, is to go back and talk about miracles. Because God performed miracles in the Old Testament. He performed them in the New Testament. He wants to perform them today. The miracles were not just for the past. He still wants to work miracles today. The Holy Spirit is still have just as much power today as he had in the Old Testament, as he had in the New Testament, as he had a thousand years ago. The Holy Spirit still has power. He still performs miracles. And I want to go back to that verse where he says, does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And we need to realize that if we're not seeing miracles in the church, in your local body or your own life or in the church in America, the miracles that we used to see in the Bible, why? And is it because we're trying to live by the law or is it because and because we're not following the spirit? Because that law won't save you. That law won't perform miracles. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can be saved. And it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we'll see miracles occur in our churches in America today. Amen. And God, through his Holy Spirit, just downloaded some revelation to me just on that little verse of scripture back in Galatians. When you said it, it just, bam, Holy Spirit say, take this. Galatians 3, 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you that's God's spirit and his word and works miracles. Does he do it by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? And God said, here's the simplest miracle that all believers got. They were born from death to life. Cause we were all in these Galatians. If they believed Jesus Christ, they went from spiritual death to spiritual life. That was the first miracle they received. Right. So he's like, okay, did you receive this born again spirit, this new nature this reconciliation back to God, did you receive this by the law, the works of the law, or did you get it by faith? And all they could say, really, is the, let the truth be told, we got it by faith. He said, okay, well, just continue in that. And that's for all our listeners, for us. We didn't get saved by our goody-goody two-shoe works. I couldn't have did enough good works to get saved. I had to receive it by grace. And that's a miracle in itself. So anyway, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you, Keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927 which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.